ancient of days, we bow our hearts before you this morning. We thank you for your manifest presence in our midst. Light of life, we ask that in this hour of contemplation over your word, Lord, let the light of your revelation, Lord, shine in our hearts. Father, we do not desire just a theoretical experience, Lord. Speak to us in the language that our lives will understand, O God. Father, thank you for encouraging us this morning that you are able to do that that you've spoken over us. Thank you, Lord, for there is no reason whatsoever to doubt that you can. For we know that nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. Not heights, not depths, Lord. Not nakedness, not trial, not temptation, Lord. And safely and confidently we rest in your love. Till we cast our crowns, O Lord. Till we are lost in joy before you in your kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Can you do something for Jesus? Hallelujah. Amen. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies are new every morning. Hallelujah. We thank God for this opportunity to share. We are grateful for what the Lord is doing in our lives. And um, anytime I have this opportunity, for me, it is first an experience with what God is doing in our lives. Amen. It's just like any time God gives you an assignment. It's actually to bless you. First. Amen. He, he's God. He needs, really doesn't need us. If you think about it. That's why the Bible says that no man takes this on unto himself. Because any time God attracts you for any assignment. First of all. Is to bless you. Is to make you better. So sometimes God places a demand on your life. It's not to impoverish you. It's actually to lift you up. There's a young man, he says, okay, go. Sell all you have. Give the money to the boy. He didn't say bring the money. Then come and follow me. The man misinterpreted Christ. He thought, look, I thought this genuine man of his guy is after my money. He didn't know God wanted to save his soul from worthless mammon. Amen. So that has been my experience in this chapel, that any time the Lord gives us an assignment such as this, it first begins to deal with my own life. Our topic today is forbearance in our times. Can we say it together? <laughs> forbearance in our times. Amen? Forbearance is a, for me, is a life challenge that I'll trust God to keep developing. Forbearance. I don't know what comes to your mind when you hear this topic. But forbearance is actually part of what makes God God. It's part of what unbelievers cannot understand about God. I don't know if you've discussed with people that worship Amadioha. Amen. That's people that involve in African traditional religion. People that worship Shongo. You know Shongo is God of thunder. 
if you do PIM, what will he do? He power immediately. Sometimes moralists, legalists can't handle it. They say that the Christian God is weak. That's one of the challenges that made even some uh, forefathers of this country that were born again in their teens. I read one's biography. He said he gave his life to Christ in a Methodist high school as a teenager. But when he was growing up, at a point he became a policeman in Ghana. He traveled abroad, you know, eventually under funny circumstances to study. And he couldn't reconcile the racism, the slavery, with the same white people that brought the mission message. And then he got back to it and entered into a daisy. Praise the Lord. A lot of people, especially young people, who are tending towards African traditional religion, is this forbearance of God that they can't understand. How can God allow his reign to fall on both the good, the bad, and the ugly? How can God allow his son to shine on both the wicked and the righteous? Can you just spend a moment to imagine it? Imagine that tomorrow morning, 26th of February, 2018, God says, let us do an experiment. Let's allow the sun to shine only on the good. You know, it will be a wonderful day. Amen. Imagine your office. Say you work in Parkland, for example. You know, some parts will be total darkness. No light. And you see sun over a few people. And you know the people are moving. So it will be like spotlight over them. Maybe there may not be sun in Nigeria because God might say, let the corrupt nations, let them be in darkness. And maybe South Korea will have sun. Amen. But God is not like that. You know, there's one God that the sons of the bondwoman worship. The guy tells them, if somebody is not a believer, what do you do to him? You kill him. Strike him dead and you'll be blessed. He says, if the people are not conquered, what do you do to them? You conquer them and enforce on them the worship. And if they refuse to believe, you kill them. You'll be blessed. But what does Jesus say? That if anybody slaps you, what do you do? A lot of people, even Christians, are struggling with the forbearance character of God. Father Lord, this man has been sitting on my promotion for years. And you say I should not pray for that one die? Amen. God brought this message to prepare us for a level he's taking us to. It's true the church is meant for evangelism and soul winning. But that is the entry point. The main role actually of the church is to make all of us to be like Christ. Amen. Church is like a transformer. This is like a transformation institute where you come in a baby Christ and you are growing into the full stature of Christ. That is what, because evangelism doesn't occur in church really. It's out there. So if it's only for soul winning, then there's actually no need for church in that way. 
But God knows that we are being quarried. Some of us are irregular stones like me. God is trying to square us. And my irregular life will not agree to be squared. To fit into the living stone that is the body of Christ. Hallelujah. So forbearance is a character of Christ himself. Is a character of God. Actually, it's a manifestation of the Spirit. It's not part of the things that came with us naturally. Amen? You know, the flesh is fully loaded. Somebody said the flesh is full option. Amen? You can call a child now. And I do it a lot, out of play. You give the child chocolate, maybe something the child really likes. And the child runs. And you come back. Please, can you give me chocolate? No. You know, the child doesn't have to be demon-possessed to do that. You know, that's natural human tendency. Like my children, initially, you know, balloon, they like it, especially during Christmas. Maybe they have green balloon. Somebody has red balloon. We are working in shop right. And then they sight another child with a pink balloon. And purple roses. What do they do? They start rushing immediately to that child. Give me your balloon. Envy. Covetousness. He came with us. Amen. We didn't have to learn those ones. It is the spiritual characters that we have to learn. Are we together? Forbearance is one of those natures of God. That in these last days, we must develop. Forbearance has to deal with being patient with others. Putting up with the um, with irimperi, with the shortcomings of other people around us. Having to endure is part of it. Long suffering is part of it. Making room for people's failure is part of it. So, Iheme, giving excuse for the other person is part of it. I won't forget, you know, I, I don't know, <laughs> a lot of old men are dying off. So, it so happens that my father is now actually one of the elders in our place. So one of the advantages of being an elder is like is that many of the disputes are settled in your home. So you are like the um, the arbitrator. So one of the things that he keeps saying in every dispute is that wherever there is peace, somebody is suffering for it. You see a family that has peace. They have four boys, four girls, everybody is rich. Yet there is peace. If you investigate very well, someone is enduring cheating for that peace to reign. Amen? Maybe your own family, you are seeing some trouble. And you think it comes easy. That is peace now. No, it doesn't. Somebody is always being cheated. So whenever such a case comes, what happens is, you are actually hoping that somebody will give up his ground. For example, this person says it's my land. The other person says it's my own land. If they keep saying it, the case will never end. 
So when you are going to settle, you are actually praying and hoping that someone will forbear. Praise the Lord. And the topic says forbearance in our times. Can we say in our times together? We live in dangerous times, my brethren. We've heard that all through last year and even this year. And the Lord warned us at the beginning of this year. If you check, if you check accidents alone, if you check deaths alone that have occurred from January 1 to today, it's almost more than what happened the entire last year. It's unbelievable. I know two classmates of mine have gone to be with the Lord. One was rescued from the jaws of death. This is the generation where selfishness is at the peak. Amen? I don't know if you've noticed it. People are so self-centered, so self-absorbed, so self-consumed, and you've not seen anything. Actually, the Bible says that in these days, men will be what? Lovers of who? Themselves. You see, men, they can borrow from you. And it doesn't matter if it's your school fees you give them. And tomorrow, you see them living in begotten luxury. The person is owing you. You see, brethren, this message is not theory. This message is for us. God wants to make us more like Him. People have become so selfish. All they care is how they will get ahead in life. This is the same times God is calling us to do what? To be forbearant. I don't know if you've gone for those seminars recently. They call it self-confidence training. Have you ever heard that? Increasing your personal power. You know, there's one they call assertiveness training. I don't know whether anybody here has gone for any of those workshops. Self-assertiveness. How you can increase your productivity through being assertive. They teach you how to tell your... I insist you submit this report today. They teach some crazy things there. I mean, if you don't blow your trumpet, who will? I don't know if you've heard such philosophy. If you don't say, I am, who will say, thou art? So we're encouraged, in fact, to worship the human being. It is the same generation that God is telling us to be selfless. You can never see in this generation somebody doing a seminar. How to increase your humility. The people, they just want to die by starvation. They're not going to get one kobo. How to increase your personal gentleness. If you go one. Boosting your loneliness in business. Have you ever heard such a thing? Quietness in marketing. They want to die of hunger. But those countercultural ideas were the whole thing that the Sermon on the Mount is about. Jesus did not leave us in doubt of what the kingdom lifestyle is. He spelled it out line by line by line. Hallelujah. Jesus knows that this morning I'll be talking to health workers. I'll be talking to nurses. Nurses, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord now. I'll be talking to doctors. Doctors, praise the Lord now. I'll be talking to office people. Do you remember that drama from two Sundays ago? Amen? Young People's Day. So there's a secretary, she has just been in fellowship. 
speaking to blah, 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 speaking, casting demon. So she comes to work on Monday morning, and I think students were supposed to fill a form. Filling a form is quite simple. There's a column for name. And under name, they say surname first, then, you know, giving names, other things. So the young man comes, thank you, ma, and goes, excuse me, ma, is it uh, my surname in this place? Am I? Yes, it's your surname there. Thank you, ma. He goes. Ma, I have two names. Do I put my second name? Just. <laughs> By the time the young man came back the third time, the young man had lost it. You can write the name of your ancestors. You can write your village. You can. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Can you tell your neighbor forbearance? Forbearance. God will help us. In this generation, where you are expected to bear grudges. Have you ever been in a situation that somebody is now advising you? If you are not going to die, you are I don't know whether you have been there. Can't you, can, who born him? When did he start to be talking to you, even you that I respect like that? That gingering you onto bearing grudges. That's our generation. You are expected to be vengeful. To be bitter. But we have not so learned Christ. Amen? We didn't learn Christ like that. That's why I said that by flesh in this matter, no man will prevail. You see, by flesh, ba, you cannot prevail. I was born a quiet person. They've not pushed you to the wall. They've not pushed you to the wall. I'm naturally quiet. One day will come. You will just, oh Jesus. By the time they show you the things you said, you will be crying. For God to help you. The Lord will help us to forbear in the name of Jesus. So, just like an introduction, is a fruit of the Spirit. So if you look at the fruits of the Spirit, maybe in your translation, they may not have written forbearance. But as they said, love, joy, peace, that patience, some translations, I think even old King James writes it as well, forbearance. Forbearance. is a fruit of the Spirit. And again, we remember from last Sunday, or two Sundays ago, how fruits are grown. You know, it's a process, right, of planting, right? You nurture it till it grows. And fruits, like forbearance, they grow how? Slowly. They grow very, very slowly. Amen? But when they really grow, they blossom. The Lord will help us to grow those useful fruits in the name of Jesus. I want you to begin to think about your life. Um, because this message, it may not be very long, but the Lord wants to bring healing our way. The Lord wants to make us more like Jesus Christ. Think about where you walk. Think about what you are known for. You know, where you walk. Think about the experiences you've had last year, last two years. Your Christian testimony. Your Christian witness, is it really unblemished in that office? Think about your relationship with your neighbors. Are you self-sufficient, self-sustaining, not caring about any other person? The Lord will help us to develop the fruit of forbearance in the name of Jesus. We need to have forbearance towards sinners and even those that offend us. 
So I'll look at forbearance towards sinners, outsiders, those that offend us, forbearance towards believers, and finally, forbearance towards ourselves. So some may think that forbearance means toleration of sin. No way, it's not. You know, a lot of even Christians think that way. And even unbelievers think the same way about Christians. That God tolerates sin too much. And sometimes you find them that are trying to encourage God to strike. Amen. Do you know how many times David had the chance to kill Saul? Can you remember? One time, he collected the guy's personal effects. This is someone that is trying to kill you. Someone that has thrown a spear at you. When you dodged it, it stuck to the wall. This is your number one sworn enemy. And yet, several opportunities came for David to kill Saul. What did he do? He said, no way. That it can't be me. I cannot kill Saul. But do you know that years later, one time David actually said, Is there no man left in the house of Saul? Just one man that I will show him mercy. Guess what? They didn't find any person. God had taken his revenge. They found a crippled guy that was living with a maid in Lodiba. Sometimes when God tells us to live revenge, he actually knows what he's doing. He has a plan. He's going to repay those that trouble us. But he doesn't want that to be our primary concern. Eating a rahaka or selaka, do it your own way. Maybe you are here. Someone has obviously taken what belongs to you. Forbear. God is coming. Time will come that they will be asking like in the house of Saul, is there no person remaining at all from this family? They will search hard to find even a person. That's the way God works. Praise the Lord. Can we go to Romans chapter 2 just to establish a few foundations? We thank God for our two texts in First Peter and in Matthew 5. We'll refer to them a bit later on. Romans chapter 2, verse 3 to verse 4. Romans chapter 2, verse 3 to verse 4. You that judge people every slightest thing, what do you think in your mind? Continue, sir. And yet you go back and do the same thing you judge. Okay. Next verse, sir. Why? You see that, brethren, all the years that God has been forbearing with you, his aim was that perhaps one day this one will find repentance. Amen? God's forbearance is not that he tolerates sin. Eh? Eh, far from it. Far from it. God's forbearance is just that perhaps one day, Broye Buka will find repentance. That's the reason 
that motivates his forbearance. Imagine after, oh, you know David said it, that God does not treat us according to how our iniquities actually deserve. Imagine that God now comes and says, okay, me and you are in covenant, let's now do it. Let's now follow the terms of this business. You know, nobody will be here. Imagine that God of heaven was like Shongo. You do something. Bah! Amen. Some people used to threaten us. <laughs> you know, when we were little, we attended APA, and I mean, to keep us holy. They used to say sometimes that if you do something, God can knock you from heaven. And that fear stayed with me. That if you do any slightest thing, God will give you a small knock. Pim! Just like our early uncles and aunties. I don't know if you had an uncle or auntie that can give good knocks, very decent knocks. Amen? Imagine that God was like that. You would do something. Pim! He gives you. No, you can have a headache for 100 years from one knock. You know, it's a divine knock. Amen? But God forbears with you. Why would he do that? Love. Love. And you see, brethren, that's the only way we can forbear with others. Maybe you're here. God has been forbearing with you. But you are finding it difficult forbearing with someone else. God is going to reach at the difficult parts of our lives this morning in the name of Jesus Christ. So what is the goal of forbearance? Repentance. It's not two things. A brother was sent to work with commercial sex workers. And he was, he's a pastor in a church. So he was confused. He said, God, this is not our agreement. How can they tell me to work amongst these people? Where I used to work in the past, I was in a different department. God help me, amen. So he came. We prayed about it. His soul was not settled. And it was this forbearance scripture that God used to settle it. I don't support their trade. But I know that one day, because of my prayer and intercession and witness, this lady will become an evangelist. Because of it, when it's raining in Bisala, I will give her a sweater because she's in the cold. Amen? Amen? Because of it, I will teach her the things to do to keep herself safe. That's forbearance. So it doesn't mean that you tolerate or you encourage what you say. You are knowing that one day this person will be saved. But whilst you're on that journey, I'll try to keep you till you get there. You know, that's what God did with each of us until we gave our lives to Christ. That's how God kept and preserved you. Many of people here, maybe you were in cult. Maybe some of the people you were in cult with died when they went for it. Maybe even here you might have shed blood. Why do you think God kept you? Forbearance. So that one day, you will come to repentance. Many times, health workers, church workers, public servants, were pushed to the edge in our places of work. This morning, God is telling us to see Jesus Christ in everybody that we come across. Especially those that annoy us. Let us see Christ in them. And by that means forbear. Praise the Lord. Many times people plan and gang up against you. 
and speak up against you. And the most painful one, the when they give you false accusation. So painful. You can't defend yourself. The jury has made up their mind already. You did it. Yet you didn't. What did God say? That we should forbear. We should take it up with him in prayer. Christ says that because he knows that the way we treat people can be a great Christian witness where we walk. How we interact with people can further or hinder the gospel in our environment. Which is why Jesus is telling us to forbear this morning. The Lord will help us with the grace to forbear in the name of Jesus. Is anybody owing you right now? You need to think about it. Because those are the things I thought about. Is there any child that is proving difficult to handle? Is there any staff under you that is just driving you crazy? Is there a student you have been told to mentor? Every time it seems as if you are the person chasing the person. Oh, Jesus told us again this morning that he's the person at the door of our house doing what? Knocking. Every blessed day knocking. It was God that chased us until he found us. Let's not return evil for evil. If we do that, then we are not of Christ. If we know and we continue to do that, then we are not actually learning Christ. Maybe you have done it before. Maybe you have been vengeful. You have pursued revenge in the past. God is telling us to forbear with one another. The Lord will help us again in Jesus' name. Some people may have hurt you emotionally. Maybe seated in the audience here is a young lady. You trusted somebody. You trusted a man. He promised you heaven and earth. At the end of the day, he took advantage of you and took away something precious from your life. And since then, you have been in pain. God has brought you this morning for healing. Amen? You cannot continue to carry that load year after year after year. Maybe there's a brother here. You used to be a believer. But you were seduced and now you are so far off. This message of healing is also for you. God is calling you unto forbearance. You know that the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 15 that the first Adam was a living soul. And you know what the soul is? The soul is the mind, is the will, and is the emotions. The first Adam was a being that will respond to emotions. It was a rational being that will walk from intellect. It was a determined being that will walk from the will. And that's actually the flesh. When people say the flesh, it's not necessarily this body. It's the lustful desires of our emotions. The first Adam was a very soulish person. The natural man responds very emotionally. Emotional hearts are deep. The Lord has brought us to a place of healing this morning. Let's move, because of our time, to forbearance towards believers. Can we say it? Forbearance towards believers. How many of us know that we are not the same? 
Amen. We're not the same. Imagine if everybody in this church had the irregular shape of head with which God has blessed me. You know, it would really be awkward. Amen. One of my daughters has it. The last one. And we didn't know until we shaved her head. And my wife screamed, oh, Jesus. <laughs> See my husband's head. Amen. It would really be awkward if all of us were clones of each other. Variety will not be in our worship. Amen. And to achieve unity, we don't all need to be the same. So God acknowledges that we are different, but we can still be united, even in our diversity. Amen. I wish Nigeria would learn this message. That day, the true greatness of this nation will manifest. But how many of you know that when a brother hurts you, he hurts more than when an outsider hurts you? Amen? Maybe in Emegogi 419, there's a scripture about 419, and I like it. Psalm 41 verse 9. Amen? Can we go to... I wonder whether that's where they took the name from. Please, if you're close to the mic, you are in Psalm 41 verse 9. Please read it for us. My own familiar friend. In whom I trusted. In whom I trusted. Which did eat of my bread. Which ate from my own bread. Has lifted up his heel against me. Has betrayed me at the end of the day. God recognizes that even amongst brethren, these things will exist. Because we are not perfect, each of us. Amen. So we have need of forbearance even to the brethren. Even to the brethren. So you see sometimes, even in church, disagreements can arise. So in preparing for this message, I read a funny story online. I mean, I don't know, I can't confirm it. I tried to confirm it, but... So a story is told about a Baptist church in Mayfield County of Kentucky. Robust church. But they had a pastor and two deacons. And these two deacons were always arguing with each other. Amen? You know it can happen in church. It can happen in your cell group. It can, it can happen in your men's fellowship, women's fellowship. It can happen even in your activity unit. People can differ. But one day, one of the deacons noticed that the pastor has a hat. And usually there's nowhere to keep that hat. So he knocked a wooden peg at the back of the altar. So that once the pastor comes, he removes his hat and hang it on that peg. And the other deacon came and saw it and was mad. How can you knock a wooden peg without consulting me first? And it became an issue. As the story goes, people divided along their lines and actually the church split in two because of that. He says that to this day, it is still referred to as the Peg Baptist Church, Mayfield, Kentucky. And the other one, the Anti-Peg Baptist Church, Mayfield, Kentucky. It sounds a bit far-fetched, but if you look really amongst us, you divide that, it is the trivial things that divide us. Have you observed it? Most of the big denominations fighting in Nigeria, we believe in the Lordship of Jesus Christ. We believe in the unity of faith. We believe in the resurrection of the dead. We believe in the second coming. 
Hey, hey, hey. If we believe in all these things that Jesus came in flesh, that he died, he rose. So we believe on all the major things we agree. So and you ask yourself, what then divides us so sharply? The trivial, trivial things. Peg. Anti-peg. That quarrel you have with somebody, what is the root cause? Is it something as trivial as greed? Is it something as trivial as Okochicho? That's covetousness. Message Bible says wanting and wanting and wanting. Is that what is causing quarrel between us? The Lord will help us to forbear in the name of Jesus. Let's turn our attention to Colossians chapter 3 just to see the counsel of Apostle Paul as we begin to prepare our hearts to pray this morning. Colossians 3 verse 12 and 13 Put on therefore as the elect of God Mm -hmm. holy and beloved bowels of mercies kindness, Mm -hmm. humbleness of mind Mm -hmm. meekness Mm -hmm. long suffering Mm -hmm. forbearing one another Mm -hmm. and forgiving one another Mm -hmm. if any man have a quarrel against any what will you do? even as Christ forgave you Uh so so do you and above all these things, put on charity, uh-huh. which is the bond of perfectness. Praise the Lord. That forbearing one another, if you read it in New Living Translation, it says what? Making allowance for each other's faults. Is, is anybody with New Living Translation in church this morning? Hallelujah. So it says, making allowance for what? Each other's faults. When you are coming for choir practice, imagine that somebody may have woken up on the left side. Maybe they called her from home. Your mother is sick. Your father just had a stroke. And your, your rent is due. You may not know. You may be rejoicing in the Holy Spirit. Mistakenly step on the... Forbear. You don't know where she's coming from. In Moroccan, what is... That's make allowance for people's faults. It's not a natural character. But the second Adam is a quickening spirit. That one operates from the spirit. Amen. And the Bible says in First Corinthians that since we have partaken of the natural Adam, we must therefore partake of what? The second Adam. It's true even though the natural is first. But what comes after it? The spiritual. Now that you know Christ, come to walk with allowance. Can you say allowance? They used to do it, especially our sisters. You know how to give allowance to clothes. Because you know that the Lord will bless you very soon. Amen. Hallelujah. The Lord is going to add to your members. Amen. Just in case. But you know the problem with our generation. They tell you that So people are afraid of being ridden and ridden and intimidated. But Jesus Christ is saying the very same thing. If a Roman soldier compels you to carry my armor for one mile, what did he prescribe? Go another one. Go another one. For small time, they will know in that your office that the extra hours you spend that they don't pay for, that the early you come to work by 8, even when the cleaners come by 8.30, they don't pay you for. That the extra calls you make with your money, 
that government does not pay you for. Later they will realize that you have another master. Jesus Christ the righteous that is watching and taking note of your labor of love. Amen. So in your office, recognize that you are serving God. In this same Colossians chapter 3, he said it down. Whatever your hand finds to do, even though we desire the best profession, we desire the best position, the best assignment, but Obukodi making broom, sweeping, cleaning chair, whatever it is, how will you do it? With all your heart, knowing that your reward comes from who? From God. Hallelujah. The Lord will help us in the name of Jesus. Amongst brethren, let us make allowance. If we make allowance, there will be less fighting, less argument. How many of you know that one person cannot quarrel successfully? Amen. Have you ever seen one person quarreling? Yes, I have. <laughs> Sometimes you can just see somebody having a meltdown. Meanwhile, the other person that talking to you is just maybe writing something on the table. So after some time, the person cannot. I don't even know who brought you here. After all, it's God that made you get this job. I don't even know how you rose. It's just because you work hard. So you'll be asking the questions and answering it at the same time. Amen. Unchallenging, unopposing silence. That was what Christ used. Again, my mind goes to Joseph and his brothers. Remember what they did to him? How they actually killed him because in his father's mind he had died. Did all sorts of things. And when they met him, actually they didn't know him. But that time the guy had been a slave for years. He had gone to prison and out. He had been made a servant for the king. And then had become a... That by the time they were meeting again. You know some of the people persecuting you today. By the next time you meet them, you people will not be at the same level. Amen? If you let God have his way, you know, Joseph could have been murmuring. Okay, check, he got him where Potiphar's wife accused him. Do you know he could have contested it, even though I heard slaves don't have rights at all. So even, he might have complained, but nobody would have believed him. He might have been arguing, I didn't do it. They've been cagging up against me. Which some of us could do, you know, right? He had a right to argue that he didn't do it. He could have contested, protesting his innocence. Say, I'm innocent, I didn't do it. But the Bible tells us that many times unjust suffering is redemptive in purpose. We saw it in First Peter this morning. Unjust suffering, anytime you're suffering for righteousness sake, Watch out, there is redemption at the end. Amen. We see it in the life of Jesus Christ. We see it in the life of Joseph, David, all through the scripture. The scripture is consistent about it. I want to encourage us, brethren. Amongst our business partners, you know, I keep coming back to death, maybe because of personal experience. You know, a brother shared some time ago how he blessed a pastor's life with his law. Law school, school fees. <laughs> even, though, even though that one, you know, the, the pastor promised to double the money. You know, you know it has happened in Enugu. Amen. It has happened in this town now. Amen. 
The pastor created an MMM account and asked the people to pay in that his account is a divine account. That if you pay in, your money will actually triple or so rather than double. As God may have it, I think he's in the hands of the law enforcement as we speak. So obviously the Lord didn't double the money. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Maybe somebody has cheated you. Maybe you lent somebody your school fees. You had school fees to pay. The person came having so many stories. You know, I may believe my family this, that. You know, bowels of mercy. You carried your house rent money and gave. Until today, not a word. And you know, sometimes it can be funny. When somebody is asking, even me, when I'm asking, I'm following up. Hello. I hope you remember our discussion. Okay, should I send it now? You keep following the person up. But when it's now time to pay back, if switched off, you will try the, num- the number you are calling. does not exist on the MTN, Airtel, any network. Is not the same person that was calling you morning, noon, and night. Brother, God is training you to be like Jesus Christ. Don't think it's only you. The Bible says in Hebrews 12, 3, it says, For consider him, that is Christ, who endured such hardship from sinners, Lest you give up when it's your own turn. Know that whatever God is passing you through is to build your character to become more like God. As you know, we established that the aim of Christianity is Christ-likeness. And finally, let's consider forbearance towards self. Can we say it together? Romans chapter 3 verse 25. Forbearance towards myself. Romans 25. Whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith mm-hmm. in his blood mm-hmm. to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are past uh-huh. through the forbearance of God. Hallelujah. So how did God remit our sins that are past through his forbearance? Amen. I know that a lot of people might be in that position where they need to allow the blood to sprinkle on their own hearts and on their own conscience. Amen? And thank God that the Lord has prepared His His dinner, His uh, evening meal for us to partake. Amen? Maybe you are here, you need to forbear with yourself. Maybe you've done something you're very, very ashamed of. Maybe as you're looking at me, it is going on clear in your mind right now. You need the blood to wash you. God is not ashamed of you coming to him. Amen? Mm -mm, He's not. God is not ashamed. We need to realize that God has called us to be like him. If you keep considering where you came from, You will not have the courage to step into the great life that God has for you. Kaijekene Jericho. Can we take a trip to Jericho? Joshua chapter 2. Or maybe because of our time. Do you remember the harlot called Rahab? Who remembers Rahab here? Where did she reside? On top of the city wall of Jericho. 
Rahab, some translations call her a prostitute. Others call her a harlot. But she's, you know, brothel based. Her clients come to meet her. Amen? Just take a moment to imagine Rahab. Imagine Kenneth Rahab. Do you know how many men would have gone into her? Imagine both those that took it by force, both those that raped, both those that took it and refused to pay, and she had to fight them. You know they can fight. She had to fight them on the streets. We agreed on 2,000. You've given 1,000. Give me my balance. That's Rahab for you. Imagine Rahab. She may have owed house rent to her landlord. And at a point, business was not coming. And landlord said, well, if you cannot pay in cash, pay me in kind. And it may just be one, it may not be one. The landlord may say, okay, for the next three months, anytime. Imagine wayfarers. Maybe they were going from Jordan to the plains. And they just needed to pass through Jericho and say, let's just get into Rahab. Think about Rahab. That's, she was like a refuse dump. It was like a filthy refuse dump. The same Rahab, when God wanted to become a human being, God came through. Hallelujah. His holy hands, merciful hands, loving hands, can reach down into the mud just to rescue a soul. Hallelujah. Sometimes I ask God, didn't you see a purer family line? Yes. Hallelujah. Maybe you are here, you are counting the number of abortions you've done. Forbearance is for you. There's a, there's a thread, a scarlet thread, that those persons, you see this window through which you have let us down. Tie this scarlet thread on this window. Anybody in this house, when we overrun it, the person will leave. But anybody outside, your blood is on your head. Can you say a scarlet ring? That's the representation of the blood of Jesus. That's the blood that can wash anything. I'm saying this because maybe you are here. You have indulged in many things that we cannot tell from here. Forbearance is for you. I remember Ruth, one of the great grandmothers of Jesus Christ. Where is Ruth from? Aya. Where is Ruth from? We remember Moab now. Moabukwa. Hey, the Lord would have come to Enugu State and take somebody. Moab. We remember Moab. So, Lot escaped from Sodom. With his wife and two daughters. Actually, the angel literally dragged them out. We know the story. The wife looked back and she becomes a pillar of salt to this day. So, himself and his two daughters escaped to a distant cave. Where they lived for many years. The two daughters, young ladies that saw that Lot had been keeping in Sodom. Undefiled. Were watching their father getting old. And they hatched a genius plan. Of how to get pregnant. You know what they did? You know the story now? They decided to get their father drunk. And have him put them in a family way. Moab was the first son. 
of the first daughter of Lot. That's how Moab was born. So that's how Lot became both the father and the grandfather of Moab. And when God was to come in flesh, he didn't see any other tribe to come from except Moab. He went and carried root and brought him. You are not too far for God. Maybe you are here and you've not even given your life to Jesus Christ. Maybe the prophecy is for you. Maybe Jesus is still knocking at your door. Maybe you need to forgive yourself. Someone took advantage of you as a young girl sexually and you find that over the years you've been thinking it's my fault, it's my fault, it's my fault. There's forbearance for you. Praise the Lord. How can we develop forbearance? Actually, is that him that our daddy was led to sing with us this morning? Maybe we can just sing it once before we pray. Take my life and let it be. That is where forbearance comes from. It comes from a place of death. To be in a position where you are 247 willing to forgive anything, it doesn't come easy. It comes from a place of self-death. You must die to self. I don't care the position you hold in church. You must die to self. You must realize it's not about you. It's not about me and my confidence. It's about God and His kingdom. And saving as much people as He can. Our daddy reminded us that the kingdom of God is like a dragnet. They, threw, they bring all sorts of things in. You are going to get hot, even in church. But you need to have died. As a person, one thing that helped me is Romans 8. That revelation of Romans 8. That nothing whatsoever can separate us from the love of God. Not heights, not depths, not dangers, not suffering, no lack, not impecuniosity, not any, not, not poverty. Nothing can separate me from the love of Jesus who loved me so much to die for me. That is the mindset that helped me to start learning forbearance. Even as I prepare. Can we take my life and let's be. Let's just sing it once and get briefly into prayer this morning. Take my life and let it be consecrated short fuse. They have described you since when you were small. Your parents have been telling you, you know you can give it to people once they, once they annoy you. 
Maybe even thinking back, you've seen yourself manifesting short temper. You can't hold back. Forbearance is for you. Maybe you need to forbear with a believer who has borrowed money from you and you obviously know he has the money to pay. God is calling us to a higher calling today. A place where all the arguments cease. A place where we have internal peace no matter what is going on outside. A place where we are ready to forgive anything. A place where we come to church with allowance for faults of others. You could scratch my car, you could bash my car, you can insult my personality. Allowance is available. God is calling us to a place of Christ-likeness where we can actually become like Him. Where we are not eager to take revenge or take offense. And if there's a matter you feel God is prompting you to forgive yourself, you have been suffering rejection. One crazy guy somewhere told you, I don't like you again, it's over. You are not up to my taste. And it has remained like a load in your heart. That spirit of rejection has stayed with you since that time. God has brought healing this morning. Thank God for the communion which is served. Church, can we now open our mouths and begin to talk to God? Can we ask God to help us? You know where you are hurting. Before we pray that prayer, can I make an invitation of all those who have not known Jesus Christ as personal Lord and Savior? It's true we make this call every Sunday and sometimes we can assume that everybody is in the number. But if you know that if the trumpet of God sounds at this moment, you're not quite sure you are on that flight. This is the time to make it right. As that song plays softly in the background, can you pray a prayer of repentance unto God? Can you say, God, take all of me. Take my whole life, Lord. If you are giving your life to Christ, can you pray after me? Say, Lord Jesus, I come to you today. I surrender unto you my whole life. I'm tired of struggling, my Lord. I realize now your love for me. I realize your death on the cross for me. I receive the blood that washes away my sin. I receive the salvation based on your finished work, Lord. Come into my life and take over. And may I live evermore to the pleasure of your will. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. Father, we thank you for these souls that have come to you. We thank you for no man that comes to you will you cast away in any wise. We ask that you receive them, O God. Receive them, Lord. Show them a revelation of Jesus Christ. That the foundations of their faith can stand strong. No matter what comes their way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Can we all now rise up to our feet?
and commit our lives unto God again. The prayer is simple. Lord, let your spirit bear in my life the fruit of forbearance. Let your spirit bear in my life the fruit of forbearance. Can you open up your mouth and begin to pray? Lord, help me. Help me with my children. Help me with my co-workers. Help me with my co-students, Lord. Help me with my roommates, Lord. Help me with the people I'm leading. Help me, O God, in my business. Lord, help me to live a life of forbearance. I give you myself 100% all over again. Talk to God. Talk to God. This is a moment of healing, church. The Spirit of God is here to heal long-standing grievances. Consecrated Lord to Take my moments and my days. Let them flow in seamless rain. Take my life and let. Can you talk to God, church? Can you talk to God? If there's any matter that is knowing you, between husband and wife, it's not the big things that lead to separation, it's the small things. Can you pray for God to take your whole life consecrated unto Himself? Lord, we receive the washing that comes by the blood of Jesus. Lord, we receive this enabling that comes by your Spirit. Ever, Lord, cause our eyes to see your face at each time we face an offense. And Lord, with your help, we know you will help us. We pledge to bless those who offend us. And pray for their deliverance. Be those that offend us our spouses. Be those that offend us our parents. Be those that offend us those that we had trusted so deeply. Or even those we had been warned about that hate us. Lord, we give ourselves to forgiving from the heart. Because you have forgiven us far more. Thank you, Father. Lord, this grace is being released upon us. And we receive it fully. In Jesus' name we pray.